0: Welcome to the trailer for What the Suck Podcast. Do you like movies? Do you like horror movies? You know, movies like Exorcist 2 and The Bye Bye Man?
1: Well, those of you still with us are just the
0: weirdos we want. We watch all the terrible, no good, so bad they are bad movies you never
2: knew existed. Have
1: you seen Wish Upon? I am Zozo Creep show
2: three perhaps? You haven't? Well, lucky for you, we have, and we are here to tell you all about them, because we believe that no matter how bad a movie is, it should be watched. Someone put at least some effort into these, and bad movies deserve love, too. And boy, do we love watching them. So, please join us, your host Chris and James, on What the Suck Podcast for a
0: weekly discussion of all things bad, good, good bad, bad bad, so bad they are good, so good they are bad, so bad they are bad, and Gary Busey. ha <laughs> ha! That's my best
2: (laughs) Busey. I don't
0: know if that works, but... It works for me. Found everywhere podcasts can be listened to.
1: Welcome. Hey everyone, I'm Michelle. And I'm Tom. And we are Apocalypse in Review. We're a comedic podcast that rates and reviews movies in the apocalypse genre. We run a synopsis, play some games and also have commentary from us watching the movie.
0: Dun-dun-dun! <gasps> ah, he did.
1: If you enjoy movies and light-hearted podcasts, come check us out on your favorite podcast platform.
0: Thanks for listening. What's the difference between a snowman and a snowwoman?
2: The snowballs?
0: Snowballs. How do you find... Will Smith in the snow.
2: I don't know. You
0: look for fresh prints.
2: Oh God, no! That's terrible. It's
0: not terrible.
2: <laughs> so, are you gonna let me wax your butt crack tonight after this?
0: <laughs> are you happy? You got
2: it. It looked like that was more in response to me waxing your butt crack. No, well, maybe joke. it
0: was. Who knows? I'm trying to play it off cool, you know. You were supposed to last night, but you never did, so um, I'm not holding much hope that you will tonight.
2: Dude, my back freaking hurt. 350 trees repotted, and it was hot in that greenhouse, and that's heavy soil.
0: 350 cars washed every day.
2: You don't have to lift those cars. You know,
0: hot ass. I got to move around every single one and carry around a 20-pound gun with me, so Yeah. Let me take off
2: my socks because they're out <laughs> All right.
0: That was if a dolphin played Mario. Oh God!
2: Thanks, I get to listen to that.
0: What? <laughs> You're welcome.
2: It makes me think of. Um,
0: You're so ungrateful for everything I do for you,
2: Leslie. Nope. When she's trying to get a pool for the porpoises, the Pawnee porpoises, and she does the the porpoise call, and everybody just looks at her like, "What the fuck is wrong with you?"
0: Mm-hmm. That'd be you.
2: I am definitely Leslie Nope, for sure, bud. Hey. Hey
0: I'm Emily. I'm Joel.
2: And you're listening to Drink. Drunk Dead. Dead. Welcome back.
0: Dead. If this is your first time. Welcome Dead. home.
2: Thank you. Welcome Dead. home. Oh, you're gonna go for it again, weren't you? I saw that. So what are you drinking tonight? night?
0: Victory. Something that... Exemplifies my life. Victory. Victory.
2: You feel like you are victorious?
0: If we put these two.
2: Victorious.
0: A bit of victory.
2: A bit of victory.
0: I don't know if it's a beta or a bit Was
2: it, but a, I mixed like a, bitta. Was it a mixed box? Was it a mixed box with both? No. You just had one that was left over? Yeah. Huh? Oh.
0: The victory I was left over, and I got the a last night when we were supposed to record.
2: Yeah, that didn't happen
0: Because my back hurts
2: It fucking hurt, man Everything hurt
0: I'll give you a big dub gave, what You gave big dub earlier Can you milk that anymore?
2: He just fell He's fine
0: Like Six feet He was fine Which, I mean He got an the air knocked out of him, yeah Did you see his face, dude? It was It. I mean You could tell he was in pain But it was kind of comical Just the face that he was making What do you mean? He's going like
2: yeah, cause, well, because that's the first time he's ever gotten the air knocked out of him. And that's yeah. thats a, when you're not used to that feeling. Yeah. I'm sure it scared the crap out of him. He's okay. Right. Once he calmed down, he was fine. Yeah. Kids, are going to fall. They're going to get hurt. They're
0: made of rubber, essentially, so.
2: Not butts, though. I can attest to that. Butts break easily.
0: You can attest to that? I can
2: attest to that.
0: You definitely said a pest.
2: No. You're making shit up. I'm not. <sighs> you going to ask me what I'm drinking?
0: What are you drinking?
2: I am drinking another Pinot Grigio because I love them. They're so refreshing during the summer. Is this your sea glass? No, no. That was last week. This one is Ava Grace. It's citrus pear and then vibrant. Citrus pear vibrant. Is it That's vibrant? That's I described it. I like this one better than the sea glass. Yeah? Yeah, they were about the same price, but I think this one- Let me
0: swig that shit.
2: Tastes more like a Pinot Grigio. It's sweet, but dry- I like it. Not bad. Great for summer.
0: One and a half thumbs up.
2: One and a half. <laughs> you just got a little stub there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I cut the tip of my thumb off just for this bit.
2: Perfect. I don't have the glue to put that back on though.
0: Super glue. Doesn't need to function uh, as long as it looks my good. I super
2: glue though. I only have that one tube and there's not that much Your left.
0: super glue? Yeah, it's my super glue. I bought, I bought that, that super glue. Bullshit. I'll find the fucking receipt.
2: Yeah, go for it. Shall I slide into my spotlight now?
0: I've been ready.
2: Okay. Well, I want to preface this week's spotlight uh, with something that I found. It was a story that was published on CNN on November 3rd of last year, so 2019. Fake news. CNN? Whatever. It's entitled, Black Kids Go Missing at a Higher Rate Than White Kids. Here's Why We Don't Hear About Them. And then it discusses the lack of media coverage, the the lack of resources within the families, the di- distrust that the families have of the system, and then the tendency of the system to classify missing children, particularly missing children of color or low-income families, but particularly color, as runaways. And so this is something that I've talked about with you before about how it's an issue that black kids go missing at this huge rate and we almost never hear about it in the news. And I'll get into it a little bit more later, but that's kind of what drove me to choose the black and missing foundation for our spotlight this week. So the foundation was founded in 2008 and it's the goal of the foundation is to really bring awareness to the cases of missing persons of color. They cover cases of missing persons of color, adults, adults, or children, doesn't matter the age. Part of what they do is they also provide resources and tools to the families and friends of the people who are missing. And then they work to educate the minority community on personal safety. So in 2018, nearly 40% of children under the age of 17 that went missing were black. 40%, they only make up like 15% of the actual population. 40% of the children that went missing were black. How many did you hear about in the news? Do you feel like nearly half of the coverage that we ever heard about missing children in the news was for black children? I know that's not the case for us.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: Not here. So missing minority children are really grossly underrepresented in the media and like Amber alerts. And and they often don't even receive Amber alerts because so many of them are initially classified as runaways. And part of this classification results from the belief that children of color live in impoverished conditions or that they have unsatisfactory home conditions, like they're living, they're like they're living in foster care. Or yeah. So they must be trying to escape it. There was some statistic, and I, I, I should have written it down, but I can't remember exactly the number, that was black children are more often picked up by people that don't know them than white children are. So you know how the commonly when people are when children are kidnapped it's by somebody that they know. Right. That is not the case for black children. It's more commonly by somebody that they don't know. And yet they're co- classified as runaways, and people will treat it like, oh, it's just somebody in the family must have taken them and you don't you just you don't have the information or you'll you'll get them back in a few days. Happens all the time. Missing adult minorities are often considered to be involved in, like, some kind of criminal activity, such as gangs or drugs. They're just assumed to be involved in that. Like, that must be why they're missing. So resources aren't even spent on locating them hardly at all. The Black and the Missing Foundation website offers support groups for family members and friends of missing. They offer ID kits for children. Uh, links to law enforcement offices all over the country. So they, they offer all kinds of resources. And they also utilize multiple forms of media like radio, TV, social media, newspapers, and flyers to get more coverage for those who are missing. And they do this at no cost to loved ones. So it's entirely nonprofit. They're not taking any money. They just want to bring attention to these missing persons cases. If you go onto the website, they do have a quick search option. On the website, so you can check out missing person reports in your area. So please go give it a look. I looked at uh, Pennsylvania and there were a lot, mm-hmm. quite a few. You can check out their website at blackandmissinginc.com to donate, advocate, support, learn. I'll also include the links to the CNN article as well as a few others that kind of bring light to the ongoing problem. But I highly recommend if this is something that bothers you and it should. Go out and learn about it. There is a problem. Do something to change it. Every child that goes missing should be missed. We should be searching for all of them. It shouldn't matter what the color is. So please check out Black and Missing Ink. And that's our spotlight for this week. Thanks for sharing. It makes me sad. As a mom, I I could not imagine feeling like I can't even go to the authorities to say something right to to find my kid because they're not gonna believe you,
0: yeah well, or well, they're, they're gonna not make gonna excuses
2: do yep it's terrible
0: a lot of the what I find stupid is you have to be a person has to be missing for what twenty four hours or something more than that with
2: children, no, for adults, yeah, you sure, yep, children, as soon as they're reported missing they they should be putting out amber alerts, and they do for white kids. They do don't do that so much for black kids. Mm-hmm. The really crazy thing is that so blacks make up forty percent of the missing children. So you would think sixty percent that's like they they classify it as white. The sixty-ish, it's like fifty-eight percent is white, but that's Hispanic and white. So they lump two groups together. So forty percent, the the blacks make up this really, truly, unbelievably disproportionate number of missing children. That's awful. That breaks my freaking heart.
0: Yeah. That's Uh, sad.
2: Like, how do you get the media to cover it more? You get mad and you yell at them. And you demand that they pay attention to it. It's like, go out. Help black and missing. Do something. I don't really have a way to... Segue out of that into my fun facts this week, because that's really sad. And honestly, it's something that really is a mother. It hurts my heart to think about it. But I did choose some fun facts about one of my all time favorite animals. The octopus. Oh, yeah.
0: The octopus. The
2: octopus. I love this animal.
0: Quick right question. How many legs do they have? What? How many legs do they have? Eight? No, they do not have any legs. Yeah, they do. They have tentacles. Oh
2: my god, you're a pain in the ass. Anyway,
0: how many fingers are on my hand? Shut up. How many fingers are on my hand?
2: Can I get into my fun? How facts? many
0: fingers are on my hand?
2: Oh my five fingers.
0: Four. And a thumb.
2: No, every thumb is a finger, but not all fingers are thumbs. That's a duh. Everybody knows that one.
0: Okay. What?
2: All thumbs are fingers, but not all fingers are thumbs. So that counts as a finger. It
0: doesn't. No. No, That no. that's not a thing. <laughs>
2: You're totally confused by that, aren't you?
0: <laughs> thumbs are not fingers. If you say not all fingers are thumbs, thumbs are not fingers.
2: No, I said all thumbs are fingers, but not fingers. All fingers are thumbs. That's what I said. Because you still have a pinky and a ring and a pointer and a fuck you finger.
0: That's how you really feel?
2: That's how, I mean, that's the official name for it, right? It's
0: called the middle finger, but, I mean, take it or leave it. Do you know why it's called the middle finger?
2: Oh my god. Can I move on with that Do you know phone?
0: why it's called the middle finger?
2: Because <laughs> it's in the fucking middle. Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs>
0: All you have to do is answer my fucking question. See how much you dragged this out?
2: You ready for some fun facts about the octopus?
0: The eight tentacled octopus?
2: Oh, my God. So there are false rumors, and I found this all over the place, that the octopus has nine brains. And that is not true. They only have one. But they do have these clusters of neurons in each arm that allow the arms to kind of function autonomously. And I know I've told you about this before because I think it's so freaking cool because it basically means that the arms or legs or tentacles, whatever the fuck you want to call them, don't have to send a signal all the way to the brain. They function as individual brains, essentially. They think for themselves. The arms not only can sense touch and temperature, but they can also detect changes in light, color, and taste. They can taste with their feet. Huh. Or arms, or tentacles, or, or whatever tentacles, the fuck you want to yes. call. But they can taste with those.
0: I'd love to be able to taste with my arms.
2: Would you though? I mean, you'd be tasting your pits. I wouldn't want to taste your pits during the middle of fucking summer.
0: My pits.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's part of your, it's up under your arm.
0: Right, but they're not just tasting everything, right? It's like they're tasting themselves. But plus, you would be so used to your own taste that you wouldn't even taste it.
2: Well, think about all the times that you pick up the cats and you carry them around. So you'd be tasting your cat. Okay, I wouldn't want to taste that or a box when you carry a box.
0: Do you have a choice if you had taste buds on your arms?
2: No, but I wouldn't want you can it. Do anything? I don't know why you want that.
0: Well, you wouldn't know that you wouldn't want it.
2: Because I think this I would is know. The life
0: that you live. I
2: think I would know. I'm an anal person. I think I would know that.
0: Wipe in I would your be like, butt. I
2: don't, I don't like being an octopus. This is wiping
0: your butt would be a trip and a half, especially when the Ew.
2: No, when you stop. got like one no, ply no. and your
0: finger busts through.
2: <laughs> oh my God, no!
0: I know that's happened to every single person who's listening right now, oh, no. and it's the worst in the world.
2: <laughs>
0: you just hope that when it does break through, it's at the end of your wiping. Oh,
2: God. The worst is when you can't see it, and you're like. So you have to do the test sniff? Like, did I really get it? Uh huh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, if you really what?
2: If you, if you did through break the one ply. <laughs> yeah.
0: Like, was it just a close call or did I actually uh-huh. go digging?
2: You're like, do I need to scrub right now, or can is is just a regular wash sufficient?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Just a quick rinse under cold water.
2: The test sniff. Yeah. Everybody's done one. So because octopuses are highly intelligent creatures that use tools, they can problem solve, they play, they actively camouflage themselves. Some countries ban experiments on them without the use of anesthesia. Until 2012, they were the only invertebrate species at all to get this kind of treatment. So you know I've worked with invertebrates in the past and you can basically do whatever you want. You can just kill these things. They're treated like almost like non-entities, which is sad. But octopuses were deemed so intelligent that you have to use anesthesia if you're going to run any kind of test on them or experiment or whatever. In 2012, the EU extended this to all cephalopods. So that's squids, octopus, nautilus, things like that. I thought that was, that's really interesting to me that we view the octopus as this kind of goofy thing out in the sea that just makes ink, but at the same time, it's really so smart that we think it's important enough to warrant that it gets anesthesia. That's a big deal.
0: That's interesting.
2: I thought that was cool.
0: You go, octopus. You go.
2: Should we talk a little bit about the giveaway that we have coming up in August? Oh, for sure, bud. So this is going to be... August is five five Sundays, and we release every Sunday. So this will be five chances to win a giveaway, and we're going to do something kind of fun. So hopefully you already follow us on social media, so that's like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, because what we'll be doing is we'll post, when our episode goes up, we'll post a question that's related to something that we talk about in the episode, which means you got to be listening to it. And then you can DM us the answer to that question, and we'll enter you for a chance to win this prize. So what we're going to have is, I think we're going to have some of the movies that we've talked about, the horror movies, like Exorcist, Poltergeist, Shining. We're going to have a gift card, and we might even have some swag to throw in there.
0: Swag? Swag. This is 2008?
2: We're going to be reppin'.
0: <sighs> <laughs> you went from 2008 to 2011.
2: Shut up i have You've already established that Ripping. I'm Repping. But yeah,
0: y'all better be repping your swag when you're walking around.
2: So next week's going to be the first week that starts this. So be sure to tune in, and listen closely, because we'll we'll put up some questions for you to answer. This should be fun. Anyway, anyway, we've had our drinks.
0: Not drunk yet. Unfortunately. No, not yet.
2: Now it's time
0: for the dead. No. Oh, no.
2: yes, I forgot to tell everybody what our topic is this week.
0: Well, it's because we haven't started it yet, okay. okay. Babe.
2: Well, I'm going to go first. Duh. Our topic this week was actually chosen by our listeners. So we had put up a poll on Twitter asking you guys what you wanted to have our next episode cover. And we did, I think we did. Witches, Bermuda Triangle, Black Eyed Kids, and... Haunted Lighthouses. Interestingly, Haunted Lighthouses and Black Eyed Kids tied. So we're going to give you both this week.
0: 29% if you're an analytic.
2: If you're an analytic? Yeah. That's just where you leave it? If you're yeah. an analytic? Right. Okay. I was just curious.
0: Analytically inclined person?
2: Okay. That'll work. Is it better? Yes. I like that better.
0: Are you illiterate? Not illiterate. literate.
2: I was going to say, I'm definitely not illiterate. I wrote out my stuff. Shall I tell you about black-eyed kids? Fine. I'm I'm excited to tell you about this topic, because I know that you don't know that much about them. And I think they're really creepy. So my sources were Abilene Reporter News, Snopes, and Birmingham Mail for the main story. So let's start with the origin of the black-eyed kids
0: it's a good place to start. Story at the start.
2: It is. It originated on a 1998 blog post in a ghost hunter forum. So the poster was journalist Brian Bethel from Abilene, Texas. Does that name ring a bell? Abilene. You already tuned me out. Okay. Abilene. Abilene Reporter News was one of my sources. <laughs> He later recounted his story again in a 2013 article in the Abilene Reporter News. In that article, he states that he thinks the original occurrence happened sometime in the spring or summer of 1996 because he remembers that he was wearing shorts. So he thinks
0: (laughs) that's how he knows it was summer.
2: Well, Texas does get cold in winter. They get cold enough to get some some snow. And
0: it's a real definitive answer would well, was summer because okay. I was wearing shorts.
2: There's something more that comes up. I think some Forrest Gump shit. A little later, that would indicate that it's probably spring when this occurs. He'd gone to the shopping center that housed the movie theater and the local internet company called Camelot Communications. And it's not spelled like Camelot the way you would think. It was somebody who is illiterate trying to spell Camelot.
0: They didn't have voice to text.
2: It's like Camelot.
0: How do they spell that?
2: C A M A L O T T. That's not how you spell like Camelot, like King Arthur.
0: Mm.
2: So he went I there. I would have
0: spelled it with three T's personally.
2: With three T's? So. The extra emphasis. It's Camelot.
0: Like, bro, you good?
2: Camelot. Camelot. Makes me think of uh, the accountant with ZZZ accounting. Yeah. Like, wh- why? <laughs> <laughs> Snore accounting. Uh-huh. So, Brian had gone there to pay a bill that he intended to put in that night drop slot. So, he's paying his internet while he's there. As he's sitting in his car writing a check, he's using the light of the movie theater marquee to write his check. There's a knock on his driver's side window. When he looked up, he saw two boys who appeared to be somewhere between the ages of like nine and twelve that were standing there in hoodies. One was kind of olive skinned, and he, they he had curly hair, and the other one was really pale, freckly redhead, like sorry you're so Scottish kind of kid. You should
0: be scared already.
2: Who? And this kid stayed more in the background. No, don't be afraid of redheads. I think redheads are beautiful. I like that fiery red hair.
0: Oh, wow. I see where I stand.
2: <laughs> Yours is kind of red in the sun.
0: <sighs> Quit trying to save face.
2: Yeah, you're right. I'll move on. So he cracked his window a little to talk to the boys, and he suddenly got this overwhelming feeling of dread. He described it as a soul racking fear. The curly-haired boy told Brian that they wanted to see Mortal Kombat, but they left their money at their mom's house, and they asked they were asking for a ride. So Mortal Kombat is kind of your second clue as to a timeline. I double checked; Mortal Kombat came out in 1995 because I couldn't remember. So if it came out in 1995, it would make sense that this was spring of or summer of '96, or that that's around the time that it was being released. He says that he can't explain why, but the whole time he was talking to the kids, he just felt this inexplicable fear that kept growing until he looked up at the theater marquee and he saw that the last showing of the movie had already started. So they're asking to see a movie that's already in progress. They want help to go see it. Is Emmett trying to play fetch with you right now? He's just sitting there. He brought it back for you. you. Yeah, I know. You want to play fetch. Not right now, though, bud. So now he's not only thinking there's something kind of off about these kids, but there's no way that he's going to get them to their home and back without missing most of the movie. Just didn't, it didn't make sense. And the curly haired boy kept insisting that it wouldn't take long to get there. And then said, we're just two little kids. We don't have a gun or anything. And this is the point that Brian's like, the fuck you say? The What the fuck did you just say? Who right, said anything like, about guns?
0: It's like when you ask kids like if they're hiding candy or something. I'm just a widow kid. I wouldn't lie. I don't have candy uh-huh. in my back pocket. But it's see, not the Snickers.
2: Nobody even brought up a gun. We're just two little kids. We right, don't right, have a gun liars, or anything. Yeah. This is when Brian looked down and realized that his hand had kind of been moving towards the lock. So he quickly pulls it back. And when he looks back up, that original fear that was just sitting in his chest completely fucking exploded. He, the boys are standing there. At his window, staring at him with these pitch black eyes. The whole thing—that it's not empty sockets. There's no white. There's no iris. Nothing. The whole eye is just solid black, empty, soulless eyes, just standing there staring at him. And of course, what what do you do? You start freaking out. So he's freaking it out inside, but he's trying to, you know, kind of play it cool outside so that he doesn't. Let them know that he recognized that there's something wrong. He apologizes to them, telling them that he can't help them, and then he throws his car into reverse to try and get out of there. And he's beginning to roll up his window, and as he does, the curly haired boy gets really confused and he starts banging on the window and yelling angrily, We can't come in unless you tell us it's okay. Let us in. That's when Brian completely lost it, and he sped the hell out of there. He just got the fuck out of there.
0: Go, Brian. Go, go, go.
2: Like, what do you... How how do you respond to something like that?
0: You punch those fuckers in the face and get the hell out of there. Uh, I don't care how old you are. If you got black eyes, you don't belong here, and you're getting... You're getting punched. I don't care if I get possessed or taken to hell. At least I got that punch in.
2: He had his window up. He was keeping it safe. He's like, nope, they can't get in. This down. They straight up. Well, it was cracked. And they straight up told him that they can't come in unless he tells them it's okay. So they can't enter his vehicle. He's fine, but he's scared. So he gets out of there. Maybe
0: they're just polite.
2: They're weird. Yeah. So he said that a few years later, he wrote it all down on this small blog that was just shared between friends. So he w- he was doing this to just kind of get it off of his chest, but it blew up from there. It hit the media and everybody's like, what the fuck? He said that he's been contacted by so many people claiming to have similar experiences that although he doesn't believe that they're all true, he feels that there are just, there are too many of them to not support what he experienced. There are loads of other people th- that said, oh my God, I actually experienced that years ago, but I'd never heard of anybody else experiencing it. So I didn't know what to do about it. Or I thought I was crazy. Nobody believed me. So at this point in his article, he becomes kind of a question talker. I fucking hate question talkers. They drive me crazy. So do you know
0: what I'm saying?
2: He's asking and answering his own questions. So it's one of those... Am I hungry right now? Yes, I'm very hungry right now. Am I gonna go cook myself anything? No, I'm too fucking lazy. That kind of question talker drives me nuts. <laughs> like,
0: that's all I'm doing <laughs> the rest of the night.
2: Oh, I hate you. I can't stand questions. Did talker.
0: I just burp right there? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I did.
2: <laughs> Dick.
0: Am I gonna interrupt you and drink my beer? Yeah, I am.
2: He says he's not sure what he saw that night, but he's convinced that it wasn't just two kids trying to pull a prank or anything. At this time, 1996, black, content, contents, black contacts were not widely available. And I remember those became probably more popular around 98, 99, because I remember Marilyn Manson with his contacts, and that's when it became really popular. And they definitely wouldn't... Have been available cheaply in the mid-90s to two kids from some podunk town in Texas, right? And he he said it that it happened too quickly, like his look down and look up, for those kids to be able to have pulled it off like that. So there, it doesn't make – he couldn't find any kind of cosmetic reason for it, and it definitely wasn't drugs. There are no drugs that make your entire eyes look black like that. None that I've ever heard of.
0: Well, exactly, Not none that you've ever heard of.
2: Not that little kids are going to be having.
0: You don't know. Middle schoolers are having sex now.
2: I know that Belladonna makes the, what is it, the pupils, the black part, look really, really big and black. Who? Belladonna. It comes from um, Digitalis, which is foxglove. It's something that Italians used to put droplets of into their eyes to make them look really beautiful because they're, the center of their eyes would get really big.
0: So it's a dilation medication. Yes,
2: but it doesn't make the whole eye look black.
0: My vision just fucked with me. Just now? The back of the wall. There was a black hole that started opening up.
2: Uh. Eh. Hey. That's cool. We're good. This ain't black the Bermuda triangle. Up. Mm. What, there... if it were <laughs> what?
0: Bermuda Triangle. What if it just a big ass fucking freight liner just appeared out of our wall? <laughs>
2: There are whole theories about the Bermuda Triangle and the Dragon Triangle that there's actually like a wormhole through Earth because they're basically directly opposite each other. We'll get into that. When right, but Bermuda that's triangle.
0: that's something that was. I mean, the the Bermuda I've never heard of the Dragon. At least I don't remember hearing about it. But that's all purely it's a, ge- a geographical location or section that was made up by man. It's not like. Within these certain coordinates at these angles, this special magical location exists. It's just somewhere that all these weird happenings created.
2: Just what wait happened. until we fucking research it.
0: I've researched it before. That was my seventh grade thesis.
2: Not like Wednesday Adams.
0: Better than whoever no. the fuck that is. Because
2: obviously I've never me?
0: even heard of them.
2: The Adams family, Wednesday Adams, she was all about the freaking Bermuda Triangle, she knew everything about it.
0: Apparently didn't know enough to pop up on my radar.
2: It's because you're not fucking cool, and that's I fine. definitely have some I'm listeners educated, that are gonna darling. agree with me after this one.
0: I ain't gotta be cool because I'm gonna get my money, motherfucker.
2: Let's get back to my story here. The one thing a bit more that Brian says he's sure of is that if he'd given those kids a ride that night, he wouldn't be around today to write the story. So that's the backstory. Straight from the first person who experienced it. But
0: they didn't have a gun on them.
2: They didn't have a gun on them. So there are a lot of theories about what these kids might be. So they're known as the B.E.K. or the B.E.C. Black-eyed kids or black-eyed children.
0: What was the B.K. something you did before? The killer? Burger? The B.T.K.? B.T.K. What was that again?
2: He's a a killer from Kansas that we were watching that. What did it stand for? Know, what does it stand for? I don't remember.
0: You sure it's BTK? Yeah,
2: I know for sure it's BTK. doesn't sound familiar. That's because you don't follow serious. Sillia killers. Go ahead and look up BTK. I know what I'm talking about. You also don't listen to true crime podcasts.
0: You don't he, live a true crime life. He's the
2: one who used to bind his victims behind the back, and sometimes he'd put, like, stacks of plates on their backs, and then he would do terrible things and then kill them. And he got away with it for a long-ass time. He worked for ADP, home security.
0: Well, that's how you do it. So he was the Zodiac killer?
2: No, he wasn't the fucking Zodiac killer. Those are two different people.
0: Yell at Google. It- yell at me. Anyway... I can't figure out what it...
2: It's probably bind, torture, kill. Because that's what he would do. Sure. I imagine that's what it was. I can't remember that. I'd listen to the stories, but I don't always pick up on every little detail, so... Anyway.
0: You would say otherwise in any other conversation.
2: Black-eyed kittens. Let's get back to them. (laughs) Theories about what they might be. So some people have speculated that because of the need to be invited in that they might be vampires of some sort.
0: Is it a vampire thing?
2: The need to be invited in? Yes. Seriously? You don't know that shit? You have to invite vampires I never in. Never
0: watched Twilight.
2: It's not fucking Twilight, it's Dracula. You have to invite vampires in. Anyway,
0: at least they have the respect before they kill you, you know? Like if if they kill you, you pretty much did it to yourself.
2: I think it's basically like your home is your sanctuary, or wherever you are, that's your sanctuary, and you have to invite them in and show them that you trust them. And once you have, once they have your trust,
0: then they kill you. Then they kill you. Respectable.
2: Other people believe that the BEK might be aliens, demons, interdimensional beings.
0: Inter-dimensional. And
2: interdimensional beings. Uh, ancient Celtic fairies. Or merely an internet urban legend. So there, there's some reason to believe that they might be Celtic. Of Celtic origin. Huh. They're typically described as being between the ages of 6 and 16. Usually observed in pairs. Two by two. Hands of blue. Two by two. Hands of blue. Always asking to be let into the home or vehicle or wherever someone is at. They're they're looking for something like food, a bathroom, a ride, a phone. And of course, they always have completely black eyes. Many people describe them as being incredibly well-spoken to the point where it sounds wrong coming from a child. And they often use outdated terms for things, like asking for... Full on going, may I use your telephone instead of asking for a phone or cell phone or whatever? May I use your telephone? The witnesses all claim to feel this overwhelming, overpowering sense of fear in the presence of the children. One thing I thought that was really interesting is that they're exclusively seen at night except in Cannock Chase, which is in Staffordshire, England. Staffordshire? Here, the black-eyed girls are seen in broad daylight. And I'm going to touch a little bit on the story of the black-eyed girls from Canick Chase. In 2014, the Birmingham Mail published an article that claimed a black-eyed girl had recently been spotted, and it said that sightings of the girl were first documented in the 1980s. Although, I looked, and I looked, and I looked, and I could not find anything from the 80s about these sightings, so I don't know where it was documented. I couldn't find it. The reports in the article are that people hear what sounds like a girl screaming. When they seek out this sound, they find a little girl that's covering her eyes with her hands, and when the girl moves her hands and open her, opens her eyes, they are pure black with no trace of white, so this sounds an awful lot like B-E-K. The girl is often seen running away to the woods or standing at the edge of the woods as well, so there there must be... I know that there is one of like the most the world's most haunted woods is in that area. One of the world's most haunted woods is right around there. What
0: was that movie we watched the other day with the little boy?
2: The Lost Child? With the How kid that, that came out of again? the woods?
0: Did she give him back to the woods?
2: No, she kept him cuz there was nothing wrong with him. He was totally fine. It was just all urban folklore that people were afraid of him. Huh.
0: Oh, right, because it was his dad. That was real weird. Fucked up.
2: Oh, yeah. What I think is really interesting about the accounts from Canuck Chase is these accounts, there are quite a few of them, and they continue to this day. But even though the eyes of the child are black, they seem very different from other BEK cases. Here, the girl is almost always seen alone, She is observed in broad daylight. She's never asking for anything. Like, it didn't seem like there were any reports of communication between her and somebody else from what I could find. And I dug for a little while.
0: Just like she was making her presence known.
2: Yeah, it's like a spirit that's there. So I dug a little further into the area, and I found out that in the 1960s, three little girls were abducted and brutally murdered by Raymond Leslie Morris. So, my suspicion is that these are not typical black-eyed kids, but perhaps, like, the spirit or imprint of one of the children just kind of stuck on that area.
0: Maybe, yeah.
2: Mysterious Universe author Nick Redfern posits that the BEK actually target people who study the occult. He says that he's found a link between the timeline of people reading what basically amounts to, like, spooky stories And then shortly after they have B.E.K. experiences. So is that really like maybe just something getting imprinted in their mind? You're going to hit
0: me with this bullshit now?
2: Reading spooky stories and then having B.E.K. experiences? We're going to open that fucking, like there's going to be a kid that knocks on our door tonight. No. And they want to come in and use our telephone. No. Stop.
0: You can go the fuck outside. Because I'm not opening that door.
2: Well, I'm too short to peer through the peephole. You're going to have to do that shit, and you're going to see their fucking black eyes.
0: I'm not. Well, how would I know that it's a black eye?
2: Because they're going to look up at you with their black eyes. Can I use your telephone?
0: No. I can't
2: find my mom. Can I give my mom a call?
0: I'll say no. Fuck your mom. Fuck you. Get out of here, because you're weird, and you smell like cheese, probably.
2: I guess their uh, clothing is always a little outdated, too. So it's almost like...
0: So they definitely smell like cheese. Like,
2: they don't keep up with what's... They're not current. Whatever they are, they're not aware of current trends and current styles. It's
0: probably because nobody ever lets them into their house, and then they don't realize what's new.
2: Ain't nobody ever seen a fucking billboard you can still see. You know what's Billboards new.
0: aren't a thing anymore, darling.
2: Yes, they are. They're all over the place.
0: Yeah, Okay. It's called the internet.
2: Okay. Well, they don't know what that is.
0: Exactly, because nobody lets them in the house.
2: <laughs> so I have two personal accounts of B.E.K. stories to share with you. There are so many of them out there, but I found two that I really wanted to share. One I've heard before. One was new. Uh, the first one was posted by a Reddit user, sucks. And it's the only post she's ever made. And it went up four months ago. So I thought this was interesting because it's really, really current. In the comments, she said that she'd made the post two days after the encounter. Now, she didn't have the encounter. It was her mom. But she says, on Friday night, my mom got home late from work. There was a meeting about her work staying open during the quarantine. So she didn't get to our house until around, I think, about 730 or so. After pulling up in front of our house, she noticed a kid walking down our street. Now, my neighborhood doesn't really have younger kids. It mainly just has teenagers, so my mom found this kid walking kind of strange. She even says to my dad, who's on the phone with her, and he jokes about the kid jumping on her car to scare her. So she makes note of there's this weird kid walking down the street. You know, a typical dad trying to, you know, be sort of funny. Then just as fast as he was in front of her and moving towards her, he was gone and down the road and around the corner. So he was moving towards her really quickly, and then suddenly, suddenly it was like he was gone. 20 minutes go by before my mom hangs up the phone and steps out of the car. Damn, that's a long-ass time to be sitting in your car. In your own driveway.
0: Right. Was well, she just that spooked by it? I
2: don't. Maybe. Or was she- it sounded like she was pretty unnerved. From behind her, she hears a very childlike... Excuse me. After dropping her purse and screaming because it startled her, she looks to the kid who she notices it's the same boy who had disappeared around the corner almost a half hour before. Immediately, she tells us that she had this overwhelming feeling of pure fear through her entire body. She stares this boy down and notes that she can't see his face at all because he has this hood pulled up. And shadows from the street lamp behind him. And he has no shoes. It's 8 p.m. on a Friday night after a stay-at-home order was just put out and there was a little boy running around barefoot in sh- just shorts and a hoodie with no shoes. It was like he was trying to dress like a regular person but just barely missed the mark. <sighs> this boy with his head down asked my mom if she had seen another little boy and that he couldn't find him anywhere, meaning that he's a pair, one of a pair, so... He's part of a pair of two. All right. My mom, who has three kids and is one of the most genuinely kind people I know, had no urge whatsoever to help this child in front of her or had any kind of sympathy for his situation. She just felt wrong, like there was something off and she needed to leave. In her head, her only thought was that she needed to run up our porch steps and get inside. However, what came out of her mouth was completely different. She tells this little boy, no, I haven't honey. Where did you lose him? I can help you look every part of her was telling her to leave, and that this was wrong, but she offered to help anyway. It's like the child knew she thought something was off because right at the second right at that second, another boy in the distance screamed. Of course, my mom jumped, and her fear spiked, but the boy was eerily calm. He looked at her, and in a monotone voice said, Oh, there he is. Turn in the opposite direction, and ran up our street, then turned left, which was the wrong way from where the voice came from. So he was heading the wrong direction. Like, you're se- you're looking for this other boy, and then you're going to go the completely opposite direction of the voice? So that's her story. Although we don't see any black eyes. We see that. Fear and this unusual child asking for help. Right. And one of a pair.
0: Yeah. So with some quick connections, you can peg it to a black-eyed kid?
2: Possibly. It seems like, from what I was reading, the black-eyed kids, at first they seem really normal but off. You can look at them and physically you don't see that black eye like they look normal. And it's not almost until they let this guard down or they get upset that you see that black eye. Yeah. So.
0: So piss them off if you want to know what they are.
2: Mm. I have one more story for you. Okay. There are loads of these out there, but these were two that I thought were pretty good that I wanted to share. So this second story is from phantomsandmonsters.com. This incident took place about 22 years ago. I had just moved to a new city with my wife. We were small-town newlyweds from the Midwest. We moved cross-country to Phoenix, Arizona, so I could attend graduate school. Being naive and new to city living, I habitually answered the door without a second thought. Never again after this. The first thing that should have tipped me off to the peculiarity of the situation was the fact that someone was knocking at 6 in the morning. The second thing that should have dawned on me is this kid had to reach over a rather tall patio gate to unlatch it and open it. The knock at the door was startling. My wife and I were getting ready for work, a pretty normal routine. The moment I opened the door, I was overtaken with an inexplicable sense of fear. To this day, I can picture him. Teenager, average height, average build, knee-length black leather coat, short black hair, and sunglasses. Sounds like fucking Neo.
0: Matrix? Yes. Yep.
2: The sunglasses... looking at
0: me like I wasn't going to get that. Yeah, I wasn't sure
2: you were going to get that. The sunglasses at 6 a.m. struck me as odd, and even more odd, he was eating an apple. He was very polite and asked if he could come in and warm up. I said no, closed the door, and slid the security chain into place. A moment later, another knock. I opened the now-chained door... Before I could speak, he asked again if he could come in and warm up. No, I reply, and attempted to close the door. Before the door could shut, he put his hand out, stopping the door on its hinges. He looked directly into my eyes, still wearing his sunglasses, and said, Can I at least get some ketchup for my apple? Ew. Fuck that, I reply, albeit a little confused. Get the hell out of here. My wife is calling the police. He takes a moment to let this information sink in, lowers his glasses, revealing his eyes as black as obsidian, and says, no, you won't be calling anybody. At that moment, I force the door closed, lock it, and call out to my wife. By this time, she's scared shitless, hiding in the bedroom. All jacked up on adrenaline, I rip the curtains back to look out the window next to the door. He's gone. Absolutely no trace of him. I go out on the patio and check the gate. It's still latched from the inside. I turn to enter the house, and I notice a half-eaten apple lying on the ground.
0: Inside or outside?
2: Inside of his gate that's still latched.
0: I don't think that part's too. Like, oh, because all you got to do is reach over the gate and lock it.
2: But he just saw somebody standing at his door eating an apple.
0: Right, all you got to do is walk out the gate. I mean, most of those lock behind themselves.
2: Well, it sounds like he's saying that this one, you have to be able to reach over it.
0: To unlock it, right. But most of them, as soon as you close it, it locks.
2: Well, it's still a creepy story. No, still weird. you won't be calling anyone.
0: Yeah, right? Watch, it was probably just some dickhead out there. causing trouble.
2: Pure black eyes?
0: Yeah, Contacts. What time was this story? He said it was
2: 22 years ago, and I think this was posted back in, like, 2014.
0: So, mid-90s. Early 90s. Early
2: 90s, when black contacts would not have been widely available at all.
0: Still available, Unless uh, you were
2: Michael Jackson working on Thriller or something. But even uh, that wasn't black eye contacts. So, that's my story of the BEK.
0: Thank you. That was a good share.
2: What are you going to do if somebody knocks on our door tonight? Are you going to shit your pants?
0: No, I won't ship my pants.
2: You're going to make me answer But I'm answer not it?
0: opening it. I'm not letting you answer it, no.
2: There are no... Okay, there are like maybe two accounts that I could see of people who said that they let in BEK. But both of the ones that I found, when they said that they had let the kids in, they were written by teenagers and they were clearly just somebody that's making some shit up.
0: Yeah, because most people are like, nope. No thanks.
2: Yeah. So there are no accounts of what happens if you let the B.E.K. in. Not that I could find. So I don't know. What happens?
0: I guess we will never find out.
2: know, Because we're them never them. letting one Maybe in. they're just poor wandering spirits that need some help and we can help them out.
0: I don't think so. Maybe they are, but they can go knock on another door. We're good <laughs> with where we're at.
2: But I'm a good person. I want to help people.
0: They're not people.
2: You don't know that. I do. Just because they have black eyes?
0: It makes them not people, yes. People have white eyes.
2: What if it's like a defect?
0: Well, then they shouldn't be out fucking knocking on people's doors. That's
2: why they only come out at night, because, man, if they went out during the daylight with all black fucking eyes, they'd be blind as shit.
0: You don't know that. Yeah. Why?
2: When you're drunk, you're... Pupils get really big? Just
0: because our eyes are black doesn't mean they're all pupils.
2: They're absorbing all that light. There's a lot of fucking light to absorb. I bet they have really good night vision. Probably. But that's my story for you.
0: Well, hey, thanks for sharing that. I sure do appreciate it.
2: Do you need a potty break? Let's bracket? give
0: Emily a round of applause. Thank you. I hope we can actually...
2: Sync <laughs> that up just right.
0: <laughs> no, I, like understand that it is going in a round.
2: Oh, I don't know. Maybe.
0: So believe it or not, I have a story for you.
2: Wait, 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 wait. I gotta tell you something. What? What? I was sitting here wondering why the fuck I felt like my shoulders were so sunburned.
0: Because you're sunburned.
2: But I couldn't figure out how. I forgot that I walked all the fucking way to Tops today. And yeah, your back.
0: chest is red as shit. Have you not noticed that? Uh, really? Yeah.
2: Oh, no, I didn't notice. Did the hickey blend in? Not really. Oh,
0: damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So you have a story for me? I do. Do tell. You so did Haunted you Lighthouses. Went- Shush. Oh, sorry.
0: So you did the Black Eyed Kids. And I did our other poll winner, a haunted lighthouse.
2: I'm excited. I think haunted lighthouses are so interesting.
0: A word? Yeah. yeah. So I did. Ooh. You're
2: going to deep throw with that? Damn, okay, that's impressive and gross at the same time. It's still coming out of the top.
0: I think I finished it off.
2: Yeah, it looks like it's done.
0: Maybe. So, I did the Block Island Southeast Lighthouse.
2: I don't think I've ever heard of this.
0: It's located in Block Island, Rhode Island.
2: Block Island, Rhode Island? Yes, ma'am. That's not confusing.
0: Right. Block Island Southeast Lighthouse, Block Island, Rhode Island. Did you get that?
2: That's a fucking address for you right there. No kidding. I am not sending mail to that place. Why? Because I need a one of those big like Manila envelopes to write that shit out.
0: Just for a letter. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the lighthouse was it is built on the Mohegan Bluffs at the southeast corner of Block Island, Rhode Island. In 1856, Congress set a nine thousand dollar budget to erect a lighthouse on Block Island.
2: <laughs> erect. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Big old, tall, (laughs) hard.
2: You don't know where you're going with that. (laughs) Uh, I'm a child, it's okay.
0: Uh So, this was following a storm that washed away the building that had sat there before. Okay. So, they needed a new one. Like here, here's $9,000. In 1874, the lighthouse was finally finished, and the light began to shine on February 1st of
2: 1875. I'm gonna let it shine, this little light of mine. I'm gonna let it shine.
0: Are we in Bible school?
2: Maybe. They're trying to bring people home, right? Show them the light.
0: Are we now pray, worship, live?
2: Us? No. <laughs>
0: So, the construction took expression of the Gothic Revival in brick, contrasting earlier lighthouses whose construction were generally more functional in appearance.
2: So, this one was all about the style.
0: The main tower stood 67 feet tall, topped with a 16-sided pyramidal cast iron roof, which later in 1994 was replaced in copper.
2: 16 sided? Yeah. That's overkill. I I mean, if you went with like 14 or 15, I'd get it. But 16, you might be pushing a little far. Like, why the fuck so? do you need 16?
0: I don't know. Make it look cool. It's
2: just, it's too Rain.
0: much. Connected to the tower is the two and a half story keeper's house connected by a wing. And there was also a projecti- projecting kitchen at the rear. The original glass optic was a first order Fresnel lens, which stood about 12 feet tall and was illuminated by four circular wicks. Hmm. And of course I was interested by, you know, like the orders, how they classify them. And a order is defined by the focal lens length. A first order lens is a 920 millimeter, 920 millimeter focal length.
2: So, what does that mean for how... Is that kind of give you an idea of it distance the distance that it'll cover?
0: It is the third most powerful. Okay. There's like a hyperbolic and then something else. I forget what it was. At least back in the day. There's, of course, more powerful things now. But anyways... So, interestingly, in 1992, the lens was modified to rotate by floating on a pool of mercury, which was driven by a clockwork me- mechanism.
2: In 92, they were putting it on a fucking pool of mer- mer- mercury. 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 Right. That just doesn't sound like a great idea. Sounds like be
0: interesting. In 1990, the Coast Guard deactivated the light and a nearby steel tower took its job. In 93, the entire 2,000 ton building was moved back by about 300 feet away from the cliff's edge to save the structure from the ever increasing erosion. The Coast Guard smartly decided to replace the floating mercury setup in favor of a fixed lens, which came from the Cape Lookout Lighthouse.
2: Oh, mercury didn't seem so safe
0: anymore. Mm-hmm. In 92, the lighthouse was taken over by the Southeast Lighthouse Foundation, who are dedicated to the preservation of the historic building. The lighthouse became a national historic landmark in 97 for its importance to aiding navigation and sophisticated architecture.
2: Meaning it was the only one that looked pretty and all the others looked the same?
0: I guess so. Huh? Well, it was built to last, essentially. right? And it was on the only ever the only other lighthouse that was constructed constructed in the same manner was a lighthouse in Cleveland.
2: In Cleveland. Cleveland. That's interesting. I wonder if our lighthouse is haunted. It is. The one on Presque Isle? Yeah. I haven't heard any stories about that. There That'd was be really interesting. The
0: um the one general who was like burned in a or melted down in a in a big pot. What? Yeah. At the bottom of the lighthouse,
2: a general was bought, like melted. As a military
0: person, yeah, he was boiled down in a pot, and then his bones were sent by carriage somewhere down south, like towards Pittsburgh. But his, oh, some he's of the his one that all the were bones, bones were lost, were lost on the
2: highway. Yeah, now he haunts the highway. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I can't remember his name. He was fucking boiled.
0: Yeah, in a oh pot. My that's God. how. That's how they broke him down.
2: Ew, I don't like that. You better that that makes me think of Sheldon Cooper using Leonard's freaking pancake cup to measure his bodily fluids when he's sick so he like pees in the pancake cup like you can never use that freaking pot again ever.
0: Right. Well,
2: this is the melting pot. I'm pretty sure pot.
0: it was a pot that was designed purely for melting people.
2: Who the fuck designs this shit? Like why?
0: Why? <laughs> well, back in like the late 1800s, what else were was you there to do? Was there a
2: mass need for melting people?
0: Apparently.
2: Oh my God.
0: It was like a, a 3,000 pound metal pot. Like You don't fucking, just make that for no reason.
2: Oh my God. No, I bet you anything that's like a fucking cauldron that they put on ships to make big old soups in. And then they're like, well, we got to repurpose this. Not ship.
0: that big.
2: You don't know.
0: I do know.
2: That's disgusting.
0: (sighs) So today, the lighthouse sits as a museum and an accompanying gift shop for anyone who pays $10. They can go around and get a tour. So it was operational from 1875 until 1990. In that time, the lighthouse was home for at least 10 keepers, 40 and 40 assistants and their families that accompanied some of them, not all of them. With all the people that lived, sweat, bled, and some who even met their end there, it's no wonder that at least one would find their afterlife spent here. In the early 1990s, there was a keeper and his wife who took care of and operated the Beacon. It is said that their marriage was very contentious before their move to the island. So found during a routine visit from the Coast Guard, the keeper's wife was laying at the bottom of the stairs, passed away from a broken neck. Despite the keeper's cries of innocence, claiming that she had committed suicide by throwing herself down the stairs, he was relieved of his duties, arrested, charged with murder, and sent to prison, serving his time and never returning to the lighthouse.
2: But they didn't have any further evidence? She could have fucking tripped and fell down those damn stairs. It's a fucking lighthouse.
0: But why wouldn't you call to the Coast Guard?
2: How long was she there for? Didn't say. I mean, if she was only there for a little bit, I suppose there's a timeline we need to have here that we don't have. Because it was 18-something-something, right?
0: Something-something.
2: 18-something-something. That's a pretty exact date, I think. 1990s, but yeah. Mm, same thing, way? same thing.
0: Wait, I may have misspelled that, mistyped that. So it closed down in the 90s. I don't remember. Anyways, unlike her husband, the woman dubbed with the name Mad Maggie never left the property.
2: Poor Mad. Poor Mad. Poor Mad.
0: With nearly another century of operation... Okay, yeah, so I misspelled it. It was the 1890s.
2: You misspelled
0: 1890?
2: Mistyped. Misenumerated it?
0: Whatever, dude. There were many (laughs) other keepers and families who found themselves living with a rather active spirit understandably her aggression is only ever taken out on men that would operate the lighthouse. There were never any reported counter encounters with women or children. um, Other than kind of like kids who would say that they hear banging of pots and, and occasionally see something kind of moving, Mm -hmm. but there wasn't ever any aggressive things going on. Most commonly she would do gentle acts like rearranging the furniture Uh, Many have also heard her stomping up and down the winding steps, which was her death place that led to the top of the tower.
2: I wouldn't call rearranging furniture a gentle act. I would think that's really passive aggressive. She's coming in like, bitch, you did it wrong. This is the way it's like mother-in-law. Gentle
0: in the fact that she's not harming anybody.
2: Okay, okay. It's passive aggressive. That's what it is.
0: Following the relocation of the lighthouse in 33, Mad Maggie became very unpleased with the move. Her actions seemed to become a bit more aggressive. One of the more interesting acts is when men are eating in her kitchen, she will throw food at them and bang pots. If a male keeper would be sleeping alone in one of the house beds... She's is known to shake them awake, and she would cause the bed to lift off of the floor, slamming back down to the ground with a loud thud.
2: Nope. I would be the fuck out of there for that.
0: Well, you're a chick, so you're cool.
2: Still, having your whole bed, ro- no. Like, that's, I don't know, that's a place that you feel incredibly vulnerable. It's a place that you're supposed to feel safe and relaxed, and then to be attacked in your bed? Nope.
0: Nope. Right, couldn't sleep.
2: Mm-mm. Ever after that. Ever, ever again.
0: Most of all, Mad Maggie loved to lock men into empty rooms or closets. One of the most impressive torments she has delivered being when she tormented a single and sleeping keeper one night. While he was asleep, she had begun to shake his bed. And being upset, he ran outside in nothing but his underwear. I don't know why he ran outside. I don't know if he was scared or just like looking at somebody to yell at, blame it on or whatever. Uh, When trying to get back inside and go back to bed, he found that the door was locked from the inside.
2: Maybe she just wanted to peek.
0: Maybe. Missing out on all Mm -hmm. that good good.
2: She doesn't want him under the covers because then she can't see the goods. Right. Sneaky Mad Maggie. Hey,
0: we see what you doing, girl. So after running around the property, he finally found a way back uh, to shelter inside another building that was on the island. He had to call a Coast Guard to unlock the lighthouse and let him in. And needless to say, he didn't stay there much longer. Hmm. So unfortunately, I really wasn't able to find much about what was going on with Mad Maggie, right? Like that's pretty much about all it was. There was, I didn't find any personal accounts from visitors or anything because it stands as a museum now.
2: Well, it sounds like it's mostly people who stay there. It's people it who are there like long keepers, term. Correct. Yep, she doesn't want them around.
0: Right, so that's kind of where it sits with Mad Maggie. But in my digging, I found something that I thought might interest you a little bit there was it was a completely fictional work but somebody on a blog who wrote a book at least the first chapter um about this lighthouse and then they incorporated um the characters from supernatural
2: sam and dean yeah
0: into the story i didn't i didn't read much more than the first few sentences but i just thought i'd put it in here because i
2: feel like you should share that with me Except sometimes fanfic for Supernatural gets a little um... weird. Yes. Yeah. That's a good, That's we'll leave it at weird.
0: But I just thought it was funny because I found that and thought you might enjoy that. I do. Knowing that, yeah. So there was something else that I found about the island in my searches. Um, And it's known as the Palantine Light.
2: Hmm, what does that mean?
0: So in August of 1738, the Princess Augusta left Rotterdam with 340 immigrants from the Palatine region of Germany. They set forth to Virginia in hopes of a new life of religious freedom. Along with the.
2: <laughs> Silly, I think you're going to come to America for religious yeah, freedom? Right?
0: Along with the immigrants was a 14 man crew. Under the command of Captain George Long. Not long after they set sail, they ran. Not
2: long after Long set sail? What? You said George Long, but not long after Long set sail?
0: Huh. Huh. <sighs> it's a bad joke, but it's okay. Uh, my dad. You are a dad. So they ran into a spell of bad weather and storms, pushing them far north off course. To add to this misery, along the journey, fever and flux ravaged and killed nearly 200 of the German immigrants, half of the crew and Captain Long himself.
2: Damn.
0: So it's thought that the outbreak was caused by contaminated water. First mate Andrew Brooke took command upon the passing of the captain. When supplies became more scarce, Brooke forced the remaining passengers to buy what they needed, causing many to starve to death, only to have their bodies thrown overboard.
2: That's shitty as fuck.
0: Yeah, he just seems like a big old douche nugget. As they got closer to to a destination, the ship was showing signs of breaking apart. And they cut off one of the masts in the hope of, um, I guess, conserving some of the energy that it would take to move the ship and, and re- reduce some of the strain on mm-hmm. broken parts.
2: Why the fuck is the ship breaking apart? It should be it ready wasn't to sail. just not well across. built or something. I don't
0: know, And all the heavy weather that they encountered probably wasn't easy on it either. So, Brooke tried to place the ship between the end of Long Island and Block Island, but his nav- navigation skills were lacking. The ship ran aground on Block Island. So, there seems to be two different stories that appear, and the- they differ pretty drastically in details. So, I'll start with the first one, Uh which honestly is kind of boring, you know? which says that Brook rowed to shore with the remainder of the crew while leaving the passengers on board. The Block Island inhabitants pleaded with Brook to let them help and did what they could for the passengers, taking them into their homes and nursing them back to health. Two survivors remained on Block Island and uh, settled there. One, Dutch Cattern, as well known or was well known as a witch, and may be the one responsible for spreading some of the stories. Some so of the. So
2: apparently, witches are also gossips.
0: Yeah. They <laughs> tell tall tales.
2: Matter of fact, yes, of right. course.
0: So the next version portrays the Block Island inhabitants as ruthless wreckers who lured the ship to crash ashore using false lights with the purpose of looting the ship. They murdered the passengers, set the ship afire, and pushed it out to sea to hide what they had done. The legend of the Palantine is kept alive by its reappearance on the anniversary of its wreck in the form of a fiery blaze.
2: Ooh, it's a ghost ship? Yeah. Ooh.
0: So Benjamin Congdon, who was a local that was born in 1788, says about the burning Palantine ship. I may say that I have seen her eight or ten times or more. In those early days, nobody doubted her being sent by an almighty power to punish those wicked men who murdered her passengers and crew. Another local says the light looks like a blaze of, fi- of fire six or seven miles from the northern part of Block Island. Sometimes it's small, like the light from a distant window. Sometimes it's as big as a ship and wavers j- like a torch.
2: Hmm. That's really interesting.
0: So it seems that, and there's there was some at least what I was reading. There was evidence that, like there was a, a more than two stories these are the ones i included here but there was some evidence that said that the ship was repaired and they um sailed down back to virginia or something like that oh and there was another cool one that it also goes along with this that second story that i told there was a woman who refused to give up her belongings on the ship so she stayed with them and they burned the ship pushed it out and and then every year on the anniversary of the massacre when when the fire the fiery ship is burning off in the distance a lot of people say that you can hear her screams
2: oh i don't like that that's sad <sighs> burning alive is a fucking horrible way to go yeah. it's a goddamn burning nightmare and i don't there are a few ways i don't want to go drowning Drowning going to be faster than, because you'll run out of oxygen. You'll die pretty quickly. Or you'll pass out enough.
0: You'll swallow, air, swallow water or yep. inhale water.
2: Burning is a horrible way to go. Being buried alive. I don't want to suffocate to death.
0: It's the same thing as drowning.
2: But not because if you're buried alive, you slowly suffocate to death. Or if you're stuck underneath the water, you can just inhale that water and be done.
0: Get can inhale some dirt and be done.
2: No, okay, so buried alive doesn't mean you have to be in the dirt. You could be in a coffin buried alive.
0: You didn't specify that.
2: I didn't feel that I needed to.
0: Well, you should have, obviously. (sighs)
2: So, yeah, burning to death, meh. No, I don't want to go that way.
0: Yeah. So that is Block Island. it, It seems that there's a bit, you know it's not just the lighthouse that
2: that you got some cool stuff in that because you got the haunted lighthouse and then you got a ghost ship and I've never heard any of this before so this is all new to me for sure very cool thank you for sharing that one
0: you are welcome
2: I like that one are you ready for a listener story
0: sure okay
2: we have a listener story coming to us from Ashley from studying scarlet
1: Okay, hello Emily and Joel and fellow Drink Drunk Dead listeners. Uh, I'm Ashley from Studying Scarlet, and I am going to share my, I guess, paranormal experience story with you. So mine happened quite a while ago now, so I think I was about 12 years old at the time, My mom had recently started letting me spend the couple of hours between when I got home from school and when she would get home from work on my own. So, like, without anybody checking in on me or without having to go to the neighbor's house or anything like that. Um, I, of course, was, like, awesome. I am a total grown-up now, and this is everything I've ever wanted. Um, For the first couple of weeks, that went great. I would come home. Make some kind of snack that a 12-year-old is capable of making, usually like microwave mac and cheese or something, and try to get my homework knocked out. Um, I am the type of person who doesn't really like to work in complete silence, so I would normally have either some music playing or the TV on for background noise while I was doing that. Um, It helps cut the silence of an empty house. So let's go ahead and cut to a random school day when I had early dismissal which meant that I had probably double the amount of time to be home alone so closer to four hours than two and you would think oh no big deal except it ended up kind of being a big deal. Everything went as usual for the first hour or so. I'm sitting on the couch working on my homework and we had two cocker spaniels at the time so those dogs were laying kind of with me in the living room area while we listened to the TV when all of a sudden the two dogs get up and run out of the room. So I'm in the middle of writing something down. I finish writing it down, and then I'm like, well, I better check on them because they probably need to go outside to go to the bathroom. So I put my books aside. I get up and walk out to the kitchen because that's where the back door was to let them out to the fenced-in area, and the dogs are not in the kitchen. So I'm like, what is going on? Where did they go? that's when I hear one of them bark and realize that they had run upstairs to the second floor so I'm like okay already starting to feel kind of anxious I don't know why the dogs would be up there so okay start walking up the stairs to the second floor and then the way that house was set up you would walk up the stairs and have to turn a corner in order to go down the hallway um The stairs pretty much stopped at a doorway to one of the bedrooms, and I could tell that the dogs were not in there because the barks were farther away than that. So I walk up the stairs, wondering what I'm going to see when I get there, and turn that corner and start going down the hall, and that's when I realize that one of the dogs is growling while the other one is barking. Now, I know some dogs will growl frequently, but with these two dogs, this was extremely unusual. So now, I'm starting to get stressed, and I'm wondering if the dogs are getting into a fight with each other for some reason. It didn't make any sense at all. So I start hurrying back the hall to get there, because if they are going to get into a fight, I want to get them pulled apart. As soon as I get into the master bedroom, which is where the dogs are... All of the hairs on the back of my neck stand up because the dogs are not only not fighting, they're not even really looking at each other. Instead, they are standing a few feet apart, staring at the middle of my parents' bed, growling, and very clearly, like, alert, on full alert, I would say. So, I don't know what to do. And as I get closer, I realize that actually the blanket on the bed is moving, like almost kind of shaking, and I don't know what to do. Like, I'm terrified, and yet at the same time, I know I have to do something, so after standing there speechless for a few seconds, I finally just reach out my arm, and I finally manage to make myself... Touch the blanket on the bed. The second I touch it, not only does it stop moving, but the dogs immediately relax and start behaving like everything's fine again. So I'm standing there trying to figure out what's going on when it dawns on me that not only was the bed moving, but it also seems to be ice cold where I'm touching it. And as I move my hand around the blanket, it all feels really cold, which doesn't really make any sense to me. But I'm like, you know what? It's fine. I try to laugh it off. I'm like, it's not even a big deal. Let's not turn it into something that it isn't. So I let out the breath I don't know that I'm holding and I decide, you know what, I'm just going to go back downstairs and keep working on my homework because I need to get that done. Pretty much right around the time I make it to the top of the staircase, all of a sudden the stereo downstairs kicks on. And this was like you know, one of those big stereo systems with fairly sizable speakers. So it's, you know, the moment that it turns on, it's not possible to mistake it. So I'm like, what is going on? So now I'm running down the stairs as fast as I can, immediately turn the corner, run full speed into the living room. And I find that, yes, the stereo is on, which is inexplicable because the TV is still on from when I had it on before, and I certainly wouldn't have had them both on at the same time. That would be ridiculous. So at this point, I'm terrified. I walk over, open the glass doors, and turn off the stereo, and then I take the two dogs with me. We book it outside. We get into the backyard. I'm breathing pretty heavy and I'm terrified at this point, but I'm also looking around because I'm like, maybe my older sister got home and is playing a prank on me, but her car is not out back where she would have parked it at. And so now I'm like, wow, there really isn't a good explanation for this. There are no cars. No one is home. Like, it's just not possible. So... I think understandably I stayed in the backyard for quite a while before finally working up the nerve to go back into the house, at which point I walk around checking every single window and the doors to make sure they're all locked, which they are, and then I essentially decide I'm going to grab the cordless phone. Yes, I know I'm dating myself. Cordless phone. We had a landline. It's fine. Um, but I decided I'm going to do the rest of my work with that right next to me in case I end up needing to dial for help. So I pretty much sat there with the dogs trying to get my homework done the rest of the day. Um, I'll admit that to this day, I believe the house was haunted, although I don't remember having any other experience quite like that again. The stereo did occasionally come on by itself at various times throughout the years that we lived there but that was really the biggest thing that ever happened to me in that house. Um, I know a lot of people think that I'm imagining it or it's all in my head, whatever. But to me, I think that I experienced something that day. So anyway, that's my story. It is not nearly as good as Jess's, so I suggest you stick around for that one if it hasn't been played yet. Thanks, guys.
2: Thank you so much for that story, Ashley. I know that I've been... In a situation where I've been home alone with some really weird shit happening, and I've been freaked out enough to run outside and wait for somebody to come home because it's just so scary. I the I definitely got chills when she talked about walking into her parents' bedroom and seeing the bed moving, and then the dog's growling. Oh, that makes much yeah. Skin you did your uh huh. Uh-huh, my uh uh-uh uh face. The, nope. Nope. Get the fuck out of there.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't be about that either. Mm-mm. For sure not.
2: And then you touch it and it feels ice cold. Ugh. That I know you said you weren't sure that the, whether this was paranormal. I would say that that is definitely paranormal. It is not a normal experience. You don't normally walk into your parents' bedroom and find the sheets just randomly moving on their own. Not a normal occurrence.
0: And if you have walked into your parents' room and seen their sheets moving, I feel bad for you.
2: Oh, because
0: chances are they were home, and that's, that's something you'll take I don't want with to talk you forever. About those,
2: that's nightmares. Uh-uh. Mwahaha. not mwahaha. Things that you that end up burned into your memory forever, like your dog's growling out of bed that has nobody in it. Yeah. That's creepy as fuck, man. That's like the shit out of a movie. Thank you for sharing that with us. Thanks, we Jess. haven't we haven't played No, that was Ashley. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Ashley. Ashley. That's Ashley. She's like one of my favorite people. We haven't played Jess's story yet. I'm gonna save that for another episode. But uh thank you very much for sharing that, Ashley. That was a really good story and it definitely creeped me out. So now I'm going to give you my usual reminder to go and check out the spotlight this week. That is blackandmissinginc.com. Go check them out. Support if you can. Do a little learning. It never hurts us to learn more. And don't forget that starting next week, we're going to have some information. We're going to be doing a giveaway for all of August. You're going to have the chance to get five entries throughout the throughout the throughout the month throughout the August. month of August I'll get there eventually
0: yep Shut up. eventually
2: broken record so you're gonna have a chance for five entries throughout the month of August to win some fun prizes and a little extra cash in your pocket so don't forget to tune in for that that's gonna start next week baby do you want to tell them about our social media? Where can they find us? We
0: are on the Facebooks and the Gram, as well as the Tweeters. Do you know where? What's our handle? Let me tell you. At D-R-I-N-K-D-R-U-N-K-D-E-A-D. Drink drunk.
2: Day. Yes, thank you.
0: We I- also are, you know, pretty rich and we have an email. That's Drink drunk dead podcast at gmail.com. It cost all of us free ninety nine to get that email, so you better send us some shit to make Did it you worth say our free while.
2: 99? Free, 99? free
0: ninety nine.
2: Okay. That's what I thought you said. Yeah, you can send us your stories if you want them read on the show, or if you have ideas for episodes, or if you just want to talk about some of the weird shit that you've encountered. We love to hear it. So you can hit us up on our email. For sure. Don't forget to rate and review us if you listen on iTunes. And definitely, if you're enjoying this, remember to tell your friends. That's a huge way to help us get out there. tell Re-
0: your homeboys. tell your home girls,
2: retweet us and tell your buddies. tell your homies,
0: and maybe if you're lucky, I'll send you a booby shot.
2: your booby shot,
0: yes, my booby shot.
2: you guys would be so lucky. Thank you so much for listening. We can see it. It means a lot to us. um. So it took us five months to get to 500 listens, and we have had 500 listens just in this month alone.
0: She's constantly looking at it.
2: A little bit. I I get excited about it.
0: Kind of crazy.
2: I can see that you're listening, and it means a lot to me. I don't know if it means as much to you, but I'm excited about it. For sure. So thank you very much for being our listeners. I heart you.
0: I hurt you as well.
2: <sighs> Maybe I'll include little heart shaped cookies, or heart shaped yeah, candies. This
0: probably fucking go bad. Before. No, no, no! I'll
2: get like a baggie of heart shaped candies or something. I'll order something special, like the the hair the the fucking Valentine's Day candy that says "I love you." I love the you. crappy chalky candy that for
0: some reason not crappy, loves. and you can suck on my hairy nipple if you think otherwise.
2: I, I don't know where to go from there with that one
0: you don't need to go anywhere all you need to do is raise its house
2: to, to our, our guests